Welcome to PNC's C-Speak, the language of executives. I'm Carol Daniel alongside Michael Scully, regional president of PNC. So great to hang out with Michael again. And I know he and I are so looking forward to talking to our guest today, Lisa Nichols, who along with her husband, co-founded Technology Partners in 1994. Lisa, welcome to C-Speak. Let's start with the gap. When you and your husband co-founded the company, what did you feel was missing that you thought technology partners could fill at that time? Well, Carol, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about our conversation today. Um, yeah, that's a great question. So we founded our company 26 years ago. We've spent the first 10 years of our career in Fortune 500 co companies. I have an accounting degree. I practiced corporate accounting for McDonnell Douglas. My husband was an engineer, software engineer. Uh, I left after about five years, went into to sales. Uh, but my husband actually started doing some consulting work and he consulted for some of the companies that some of them are still here today. Some of them are not. And one of the things that we just saw is we, we understood very early on that it is about the team that you build. It's about your people. Your people are going to be the ones that are out there on the front line, working with the client, building the reputation or not, <laughs> building the good reputation or the not good reputation. And so for us, we said, you know, if we can build a company that the best and brightest will want to come to work for technology partners, we think that that's going to be a model that will work. And so we have very specific things that we do for our employees and for our consultants um, to, to attract them. But, um, you know, it's, it's just been a model that has worked really well. And from day one, it has been our philosophy. We've always said, if we will take care of our employees, if we are committed to their success, they will be committed to the success of our clients and our success will follow that. And we've stayed true to that model from day one. So, um, yes, so we, we're one of the largest firms now in St. Louis and feel very blessed about that. This is something that, uh, Michael, you and I have talked a great deal about, the focus of technology partners that Lisa and her husband have on tech talent, the talent they have and the talent they hope to attract. Carol, you're right. Uh, I serve on the Regional Business Council, and I'll say that talent and, and say workforce development are on the top of everyone's mind in an effort to move St. Louis forward. You know, a great example of the success is Jim McKelly's founding of Launch Code a few years back. So my question really for Lisa is, you know, what if St. Louis addressed the tech talent shortfall better than any other city? And what would your views be on how we as a community might get there? That's a great question, Michael, and you are so correct. You know, the the, the research firm Forrester found that 75% of businesses have a digital strategy. And we know today you will hear companies talk about that there are no longer MasterCard will say, we're not a credit card processing company. We're a technology company. And you hear that over and over. Technology, what we have seen a, a huge change in the last 26 years is that technology is no longer in the back room. Technology's trance, they've been um, more elevated in an organization. They are truly influencing and sometimes driving the organization today. So it, it's so important um, to, to have that digital roadmap. You know, um, it, so 75% of the businesses have a digital strategy, but 16%, can you believe that? only 16% of them claim to have the skills that they need 
to bring that that roadmap to to life. And so, yeah, we have a huge gap here. Um, you know, 93% of the businesses that Forrester surveyed said that they're facing a tech talent shortage. So it's not just St. Louis. I mean, guys, this is a, a global thing. Um, so as far as addressing it, and we've got to address it, because here's the thing, you, you've got to continue to run your business and run the operations of your business while trying to bridge that gap. So yes, to your point, launch code, there are micro degrees that have popped up, uh, such as launch code and claim Academy, um, girls who code, there's a lot of things going on in that space, but we as organizations have to get more comfortable with that and say, it doesn't necessarily have to be the four year degree anymore. Um, and, and we've got to be comfortable because these people can go through these micro degrees, but if companies do not give them an opportunity, uh, to, to put their toe in the water and, and start a career, you know, then what's the point, right? Um, the other thing that I say is that we've got to start sooner. We've got to start much, much earlier with kids. And I think we're making some progress. We probably need to accelerate that progress a little bit, though. Um, you know, there there are software platforms that are coming out like Dreambox that are teaching children at a very young age, very complex mathematical um, equations and mathematical concepts, but in a fun way. Um, and so, you know, meet them where they are, right? Meet them where they are. Marion Middle School, because one of the things that we see is that there are not as many women in, in tech and every organization I know of is saying, how can we get more minorities? How can we get more women uh, and minorities into the tech field? And, you know, nothing happens by chance. We had to be very intentional about this. So for instance, Mary Elizabeth Grimes is the president of Mary Middle School doing amazing things with these young girls. They've got a, a real focus on teaching them STEM at an early age. And so, you know, some of these conceptions are are made with a with a, a young person, a child at a very early age. Am I good at math? Am I not good at math? And so we need to figure out ways to engage them sooner. And I know the Girl Scouts has uh, a program for girls. Uh, Rung is a new, um, not a new organization, but they've kind of got a new focus where they're going to be skilling people up. There's amazing things going on, you guys, but we just need a little bit more of it. We need a little bit more collaboration between all of the organizations that are trying to solve this, solve this challenge that we have. Michael, I know that you're the co-host um, and Lisa is the guest, but Michael, you mentioned the Regional Business Council, and Lisa, I want you to jump in here as well. It, it's so intriguing to me to hear you bring them up. Where where are they? Um, if on a scale of one to ten, where do they think we are? And Lisa, where do you think we are in in this tech talent um, search, in this tech talent bubble? Where 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 are we, Michael? First, from you, from the RBC standpoint. Where does that organization think that we are as a, as a region? Well, Carol, I would say it's been identified as a, a critical need in our community, and it's a, a need of equity as well. But we need to move forward. Uh, we need to start with the STEM and um, make sure the, the playing field is elevated. There's a critical shortage of talent, and it's going to play out in lots of, of negative ways if it's not addressed. 
and our goal, of course, at RBC is to uh, lift all boats and whether it's at, in the educational systems or it's vocational training, uh, there's lots of ways uh, to address it. And Lisa was 100% right. We need to coordinate those ways. And the RBC tries to be that, that voice of reason to coordinate the various resources uh, that we can. Lisa, wh where do you think we are in this race to, uh, I love how Michael put that, to lift all boats and to elevate the playing field? Well, it's like I said before, Carol, I do believe we're making progress, but we probably need to accelerate it. But one of the things I will just tell you guys as technology partners, what we've seen, we brought a CIO, a Chief Information Officer Summit to St. Louis about six or seven years ago. And one of the things that we have heard continually in the CIO Summit, and these are top leaders, top technology leaders that come to this, is that there is also a gap in that next rung down. So not the CIO level, but the next rundown, the managers and directors at that level, there is a gap of leadership. And oftentimes what happens, and I'm sure that it happens in other sectors, not just technology, but oftentimes what happens is, you know, we will take the, the, the brightest person that we have and we say, oh, all right, now all of a sudden now you're going to lead this team. Do you know that the average age that someone is made a supervisor is 27 years old, but they don't get leadership training until they're in their 40s? That's a big gap. And we kept hearing this over and over and over from these senior leaders. And there is a partner out of New Hampshire, Willette and Associates. Some of your listeners may know of Willette. They've been a lot around for a very long time. Great company, very much aligned with our values. We got together with them a couple of years ago and said, what if we built a cohort in St. Louis that that rising star in an organization, a CIO could say, you know, Lisa is has potential, but Lisa needs a little bit more grooming. What if we what if we put something together like that? And where we are raising up that next generation of leaders. And I'm so happy to say, guys, we launched that in 2019, about June timeframe of 2019. We have now graduated over 100 people from this program. We've got 75 companies that have put their hat in the ring to be involved. Um, and it's a multi-pronged approach. They are getting... Um, they are getting mentoring from a senior person. They are getting peer-to-peer -peer networking with one another and then some formal workshops. And we really do believe that this is the way. And this is not, this is not learning, per se, how to be a Java programmer or a Python programmer. These are things like the soft skills is what we would call them, core competencies. There was a study that was done with Babson College that you guys may know on the East Coast, uh, very entrepreneurial um, college on the East Coast. But there were 15 different core competencies that came out of that study that are needed for technology professionals, things like problem solving, critical thinking skills. How do you influence the organization? How are you agile? And boy, do we need to be agile with technology, right? Because it is so, I think the average age, I, I want to say the average shelf life of a skill anymore in IT is about 18 months. So you've got to be able to um, be ready to adapt to change. 
So that is what we're teaching in this program. And I could not be more excited about it. We, like I said, we've got 75 companies that have put their hat in the ring for this. And so we think that's going to address some of it, <laughs> but it's not going to be the silver bullet. We need a lot of, um, a lot of voices speaking into this, Carol. Lisa, before we let you go, just a couple of minutes left, but I wanted to give you a minute or so to talk about cybersecurity um, and where it is with your clients. Certainly, it's still very important. Um, the bad actors out there are getting smarter. And so every company has to have some sort of cybersecurity plan. If you don't, you need to get one because, in fact, what they say is it's not if you've been hacked, it's when you get hacked anymore. So, yeah, still very critically important. I tell you, it has never been a more exciting time to be a CIO in a company. But I will also say on the other side of that, <laughs> probably never more of a challenging time because, again, the shelf life, I mean, you, these companies have to be very willing to, to be adapt, adaptable and to move fast, to move fast. We're so glad you're on our podcast, but wanted to give you a couple of seconds to promote your podcast uh, where you talk to other leaders, a podcast called Something Extra. Well, thank you for that. Yes, Carol, that is it, something extra podcast has been so much fun. We launched this in 2018. I've had um, a, a well over 100 leaders on the podcast and from all walks of life. So I've had tech leaders, but then I've had CEOs, I've had EDs of nonprofits, and uh, it has just been so much fun. And the precipice for it, our youngest daughter, Allie, uh, has Down syndrome, and she clearly has a 20, 21st extra chromosome. <laughs> so scientifically, she has something extra, but she's got so many other something extras. And so that's what we talk about on the podcast. We talk about leaders' journeys. Um, one of the things, like I said, is for technology partners, it's so important for us to be building into the next generation of leaders and to build, be building into people in terms of education and learning. And this is a great way to learn to hear from other leaders and hear what their stories look like and how they overcame different obstacles in their careers and in and their past. So thank you for, for mentioning that. No, it's been a lot of fun. It's one of the, my greatest joys is doing the Something Extra podcast. Well, Michael Scully, uh, I just have to say, I, I'm just so thrilled. I, I wait every month to see who you're going to bring that we can talk to um, on our podcast, PNC C Speak, the language of executives. How do you do it, Michael? Carol, we're uh, delighted to do this and uh, really to engage our C-suite listeners with things that they can find interesting and, and could perhaps benefit their businesses. So thank you for being our partner here. And, and really thank you, Lisa, for, for joining us today. My pleasure. Well, thank you, Lisa, for joining us on PNC C Speak, the language of executives.